that lets you save Okay. Doesn't matter how ridiculous the mandate is, people still follow it because that's what you're supposed to do. So if you tell someone facts and they don't agree with it, they get upset. <laughs> Welcome to Exploring Mind and Body with Drew Tadia. Drew is an expert in nutrition, fitness, lifestyle, and more. And he wants to help you live a healthier, longer, and more active life. Now here's your host, Drew Tadia. Welcome to another edition of Nationally Syndicated, Exploring Mind and Body. Thank you so much for being here. Thank you for tuning in. Thank you for being a part of our True Form Life community, whether you're listening as a podcast around the world or around the also around the world on terrestrial radio my gosh we are very fortunate to be, to be excuse me to be airing on many different locations countries provinces states we are all over the place so wherever you're listening we couldn't be more grateful for your time to see what we have going on today now i got to tell you today is going to be a very different subject. <laughs> I'm just going to sit down here and chop it up with you. I haven't done this for a while, at least at the time of this recording. And to be quite honest with you, it's not like something we haven't heard or haven't said. Most of us have said many times, I can't believe this is our world that we're living in. And I can't believe I'm going to sit here and talk about this subject, but I guess this is the reality. This is the world we live in. And I never would have thought I would be sitting here talking about this and throwing up some clips that will quite frankly shock a lot of people out there. So I'm going to talk about depopulation. That's all there is to it. Is depopulation real? Can we bring up some cliffs that clips that are going to provide some evidence or information that's saying our world could be going in that direction? I don't know. This is for critical thinking. We're going to be thinking, we'll be talking about outside the box. And I know this is going to be hard for a lot of people to understand and fathom it. I know it's way, way easier not to think about this stuff at all, but I'm going to bring it up. I'm going to talk about it, talk about difficult subjects outside the box. We like to use our minds and here exploring mind and body and our brain and common sense. I'm going to ask some questions and I'm not looking for any type of answer in particular, but that's happening. It's happening right now. I feel like in part, it's my job to use this platform to ask difficult questions, to raise awareness, to help people see from different angles. That's what we've been about since day one, less than conventional way of thinking, way of treating ourselves, preventing health. And it's no different with this subject here. So I'm going to talk about some difficult subjects. So full disclaimer, some people are not going to want to hear this, but we're going to talk about it anyways. Sit back and enjoy. We got all that coming up. This is Exploring Mind and Body. Naturally improve your lifestyle one show at a time with your host, Drew Tadia. All right, so here's the thing. We know that, I mean, we, at least we, we have to know that there's a whole lot of things going on in this world that may or may not make sense. Maybe it makes sense to the masses. Let's, say, let's just say that. It makes sense to people that follow along and are okay with the narrative. They're okay with what the news says, and they're okay with what most people are talking about. It's okay. It's not a big deal. Unfortunately, I have 
always dug for research no matter what it was i was doing i was training in professional sports i was looking for different ways to get faster to get stronger i'm looking for different ways to make healthy meals different ways to gain weight this is kind of crazy story that people like to hear i was i'm a heart gainer so for me to gain weight and muscle mass is, is a challenge it takes takes me a bit more time It'd be similar to someone that's trying to lose weight. It's just as difficult for me to gain weight. <laughs> and I know people that it's difficult for them to lose weight. They're like, oh, aren't you fortunate? Because it's very easy for me to lose weight. But as an athlete, that's not a good thing. So one of the things that I did, I would set my alarm clock for one o'clock in the morning so I could have a meal. <laughs> I thought if I could eat all day long, as much food as possible, and that's not gaining me weight and muscle mass, then that's, that's seven hours of sleep is it is too long to not have food so i woke up and had a whole meal <laughs> that's the extreme that i went through as an athlete but it's no different now in, in professional as a professional in uh the health industry in the health world and helping people learn and teaching and it's it's all the same it's all the same i, I go to extremes and you know, this is a different type of subject. I talk about lifestyle and quality of life and I share my opinion. I've been doing that for years. We've been on on air here for over 10 years and it's no different. I want to share this with you. I want to talk about it because it seems like no one wants to talk about it. We got to talk about these things behind closed doors. And I know there's tons of censorship going up there. And I know there's people that their entire their entire careers are wiped out because they don't want to say what they believe in. They don't want to talk about it. People are afraid to lose their jobs. And it's happening now. Like right now, people are deciding whether they're going to get vaccinated or they're not. And in today's world, you don't have a choice. It's no longer your body, your choice. It's you listen to what we have to say. You listen to exactly what our mandates are, or you're going to lose your job. And not only that, they're taking that to the next level. They're saying, not only can you lose, you're going to lose your job, but you're not able to participate in society anymore which is absolutely mind-boggling to me. Who are they? Like, how can these individuals in power say you can no longer participate in society? It's absolutely absurd to me. And when you look at them, so at least like right now, Australia is one of the craziest places to be. Like, it's absolutely tyrannical treatment of, you know, I don't even like to bring up nazi germany because so many people do but how else can you compare it when else in history has civilizations countries being treated like this now it's different now it's the whole world but some are far worse than others and but people don't want to believe it and it's crazy They're like fighting in the streets in australia i've been there these are some of the kindest most polite down-to-earth people you'll ever meet but how much can you push someone in a corner before they bite back it, it's it's and i almost feel like they want that because they're always two steps ahead but here what i want to question here is depopulation and of course there's going to be people saying that i'm a conspiracy theorist <laughs> now i'm not even saying i believe in it i'm just saying that there are some very clear signs that there's something shady going on here and and when you come up with when you say something like depopulation that instantly raises red flags and people are like oh that person's crazy <laughs> that that person's crazy they don't know what they're talking about or they're just a conspiracy they're like they, we like the label right like the unvaxxed or conspiracy theorist or uh, they make up all kinds of things they they call 
we've had it happen and i heard it from newsom in california we heard it from minchi in calgary that if you participate in any type of route peace rally they start calling you white supremacists <laughs> I mean, it's absurd. They, and these are, so these are women. These are all types of men from all types of different colors, races, whatever you want to say. I don't want to get in trouble by calling someone something. You can't say anything these days, <laughs> which makes it difficult to have a talk show. But they, they like, these are like middle-aged women. <laughs> you have, um, you, sometimes you have younger kids, you have teenagers, but if you participate in a peace rally against what they want you to, then now now you're now you're labeled. Now you're a white supremacist. I don't know how that happens. I think it's just the label. Like they use they're using the label and they make that there's so much hate and there's so much anger and segregation with labels that that's what they use. That like it's uh, words or weapons. So it, it's just very interesting what's going on in the world today. So you can call me whatever you want. I'm just bringing up the idea of what's what's going on and why does it seem to be going in that direction and the, the powers that that be like i don't know i have no idea what their plans are or, or what they're thinking or why this is all happening but i'll tell you 100 percent. i don't believe it's it's legit i don't believe they're on the level i don't believe they're doing anything morally they're certainly not doing anything legally and this is something that we got to deal with there's some people fighting back some people are most people are happy to go along with because it's too hard like it's too hard to think like just think about this for example i'm a, i've been a free thinker my whole life and even for me like i've always gone a little bit outside the box i've always paved my own path i've always done something a little bit different so it's normal for me to think outside the box but it's very hard for me to consider this could actually be happening. So think of someone that maybe might have a government job or someone that has been told what to do their entire life or someone that's really good at following the rules, which seems to be most of the society now because you see very, doesn't matter how ridiculous the mandate is, people still follow it because that's what you're supposed to do. There's my air quotations for you. But just consider what could possibly be happening. So we have research that these vaccines cause heart issues in males. And now this is concerning, especially for those people that have heart uh, heart history, heart health history. Did I say that right? <laughs> so this is specifically concerning for them. And now you have, we have research statistics coming out about how the reproduction organs in women are being affected by this vaccine. It could there's been a number of women that have lost children. They've, they've, they have had miscarriages. And then we have a number of women that also cannot reproduce after getting the vaccine. Now, these are statistics. I'm not telling you my opinion here. People get upset. I got to tell you. If, you, if you tell you someone, doesn't matter if it's your opinion or facts, if you tell someone facts and they don't agree with it, they get upset. <laughs> there's nothing I can do about that. All I'm telling you here is that there are clear facts that this vaccine is causing issues in people in, in our world. And that's all there is to it. Now, we're going to play a clip of the of a natural, I believe she's a naturopathic doctor. Now, she didn't use her name. And I'm okay with that. Like, I'd imagine there's going to be some people, of course, there's both sides to everything that are going to say, oh, who is that whack job? They don't even, like, what are their credentials? Who are they? What do they do? And I got to tell you, it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter what anyone's credentials are anymore. Because if you speak out 
against the narrative. If you say anything that they don't want you to say, they're going to discredit you. So for this individual, she sounds pretty smart to me. And I got to tell you, what she's repeating sounds very, it sounds like a very clear path to what's going on and what's happening. And I, like I said, I know it's a stretch. I know most people aren't going to believe it. Just try for a moment. Just try to, to use critical thinking to look from the other side that possibly could this possibly be happening? Could they be trying to depopulate for whatever reason? I don't know. I don't know what the reason is. Why do you want to do something like that? Maybe there's too many resources. There's not enough natural resources for more people on the planet. Maybe it's easier to control a less, less people, less population. I don't know. I have no idea why anyone, like how a plan or someone's mind or brain could could move in this direction I have no idea which is why because there's no understanding there right which is why most people would be like oh that's crazy that's not possible no one would ever even conceive that or think of that but just listen to this clip for a moment and we'll come back and we'll talk about it okay so i'm uh i am a natural doctor and i have 1600 patients many are vaccinated just to give you a little bit of backstory about my credibility what I've seen so far and what I've learned is all information from physicians, medical physicians, um, natural physicians, and also um, immunization of virology doctors, things like that, um, and then also nurses. So what I'm about to share with you is the first vaccine, the second vaccine, and then the boosters and what it does to your body. The first vaccine, as it goes into your body, it has a small amount of saline and then a bunch of uh, ingredients that are very... Uh, catastrophic to your cellular system. What that does to your immune system, which is your bone marrow, your thymus gland, your spleen, and all other systems associated with your immune system, it decreases the ability to produce white blood cells by 50% from your first vaccine. Then eight weeks later, which is white blood cell reproductive system, so your ability to make another generation of white blood cells is eight weeks. That's why they set it up eight weeks later to hit it again. So you hit the white blood cell ability while it's down. So now what you do is now they are they 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 decrease the saline in the second one and they increase the uh, harmful ingredients. So now you have a shift in the ingredients. So they decrease the saline and increase. So now there's a shift. And then what they do is that second dose attacks your ability to make white blood cells by an additional 25%. So now you only have a uh, white blood cell ability, like the ability to make white blood cells functioning at 25%. So you just wiped out 75% of your military and the ability to, to make that military. Then what they do is the set in the booster. The booster has 81 strands of foreign bacteria that your cells have never come across. You don't have the antibodies to fight it but you only have 25% of your white blood cell production to be able to fight it. So it's a losing battle. So then what you starts to happen is you start to get chronic inflammation that goes to the areas that you had, uh, you had predisposition. So if you were someone that has gut health issues, that's your area that it's going to focus on. And you're going to have inflammation in the gut health. If it's respiratory, if you have a uh, tumor or cancer, or if you have say endometriosis or you have a skin condition, whatever that is, it's going to inflame that area because now the body has hit the sympathetic nervous system, which is the fight or flight. And the body has, is in a chronic, uh, inflammatory state with a low immunity and a low immune response. Then you get your second booster. What the second booster has is it has eight strands of HIV 
And now what that does is it completely shuts off your ability to make white blood cells. And if you Google what that disease is, it is HIV. So now we have people that are walking around with no immune system, no ability to make an immune system, 81 strands of foreign bacteria, and then also eight strands of foreign HIV, along with all the other harmful ingredients. And then they remove all the saline from the first and second booster. Now, to make matters worse, during this process, 20 to 30% of the population is going to die every single series of this process. There's four series. They have three more boosters that are coming out. And the reason why is because once they make you so that your immune system can't make white blood cells anymore, you become dependent on the boosters to survive, just like someone becomes dependent on insulin. Big Pharma is looking for people that either die off to protect our uh, population control, and then those that don't die off, we will have reoccurring customers for life with the boosters so that they will be able to maintain income and collect the money back from all the funding that they put in to make these vaccines in the first place. So hope you um, hope that was helpful. I hope that you listened to this properly and I hope that you take the time to do your own critical thinking and just give it two to three years. Every single animal that was part that participated in this study for any of these vaccines had a hundred percent death rate. And I encourage you all to just take a moment, look around you and, um, and just wait it out and let's just see, but, uh, let, let nature take its course and let's just see what happens. Thank you. Okay. So you got a chance to listen to that. And what I wanted to say was that Robert, you check out Robert Malone, Dr. Robert Malone. He's highly censored. He's been discredited. You can't even watch him on YouTube anymore because that goes against. Apparently, if you don't, if you say something different than what the news says, <laughs> that goes against their community standards. But all I was talking about is why this individual, this lady, she didn't mention her name, at least in this clip. I mean, and can you really blame them? And, and don't get me wrong, there, there's people that will stand out. There's people that are standing out. They're saying their name. They're losing their jobs. We actually heard from a head nurse who quit her job. She's actually right here in Alberta. That's where I don't feel like maybe I shouldn't be telling people where I am. <laughs> That's a, it's a crazy world that we live in is that there's so much censor censorship. There's so many people that are being quieted. And then... I know quite it isn't the word, but you feel like you got to talk about this. And people write me every single day, which is one of the reasons I talk, I'm talking about this now today publicly. And if you want to go to my Instagram page, Instagram.com slash Drew Tadia, I do talk about this once in a while. I try not to let this consume my life, but I also feel that I have an audience that believes in and trusts me. And I feel like we should be talking about these things. It shouldn't be quiet. We shouldn't be hiding behind doors or like, I'm not Anne Frank here, hoping no one's gonna find me hiding in the basement. Like we gotta be able to speak our minds. And that's the problem with all this censorship nonsense and them not allowing us to say what we wanna say. And I don't know, who knows? Maybe the show will get censored. Maybe they're not, they're not gonna put this on their platforms. I don't know. Like we don't know what's gonna happen. So, and that's one of the biggest issues for me is that I believe in freedom of speech to my core. I believe we should be able to share our opinions and you're simply not able to anymore because not only do your own neighbors attack you now, the people in your community, if you say something that they don't want you to, they don't want to hear or that they don't believe, but these different platforms are not only, and then, and sorry, let me finish this. The platforms are certainly not 
allowing different information to be shared. They're they're banning it. They're taking it down. They're um, I, I think they call it shadow banning. So you they're lowering the your algorithm so people can't really see your posts anymore. Like that is happening right now. And if they weren't so scared of someone hearing different news, then why then why are they why would they be banning it? Like the, it's everything is based around fear. From what I understand is what they're doing. Like the the news, for example, they are keeping us in the fight or flight state. They are keeping us in fear. And if we're always continually in fear, then we'll do whatever they want because most people are going to believe that they're looking out for our safety, which I got to tell you, from where I'm sitting, it doesn't seem to be the case. But this clip here, I mean, it's shocking. It's startling. It's terrifying. And because it's so bold, people are not going to believe it. And for this individual to come out and say something like that, of course, she's not the only one. We've, we've heard it time and time again, behind closed doors, through censored videos. But just to, just to conceive that, like, why are they doing the things? Why are they forcing vaccines? We're, we have another clip here we're going to show you from an Undertaker. And he's going to say very clearly that they had someone going around reporting who was supposedly collecting data. <laughs> they were collecting data from these funeral homes to see how people died, how often, so they're counting numbers, how many, how many COVID deaths they had. And like we already know, like we've heard, and that's maybe that's gonna be for, for a different subject, but they're inflating the numbers. My name's John, I'm a funeral director of 15 years. Um, I'm based in the UK in a place called Milton Keynes, which is kind of 40 lovely miles. Place, lovely place. I've been there. Yeah. I've spoken at Horwood House in Milton Keynes. Okay. Small world. Small world, my friend. Yeah. So I've uh, I've been a funeral director for about 15 years now. Ten of those were for one of the big funeral providers um, in the industry, Co-op Funeral Care. And then five years ago, um, I jumped ship and set up on my own because I wasn't really happy with how things were being done at the co-op following the collapse of the bank. Um, you know, people kind of became um, cash cows instead of, uh, of being treated the way they should be, in my opinion. So what are you seeing now, being a funeral director? How are you seeing things over the last couple of years? Mate? Did you see a pandemic last year? Um, so uh, uh, let me start from the beginning. So in 2019, I had a family come and see me who um, had lost a loved one. Um, and they had lost a loved one in the neighbouring borough of Northampton. So they asked me to go to Northampton and collect their loved one, and they complained at the time that the hospital wouldn't let them see that loved one. So I went to the Northampton Hospital uh, and kind of um, collected their loved one. And while I was there, I asked the guys there in the mortuary, you know, why wouldn't you let this, this family see the loved one? And they opened the, the chapel doors or the viewing room doors, and there was a great big inflatable... Um, kind of blow up a uh, pandemic mortuary I've since found out it is and um, they told me there was something really horrible coming and this is why because the viewing room was being used by this bit of kit and that was my kind of introduce introduction to COVID and that was back in end of November beginning of December 2019 um, so Christmas so, came so they, to, they already had this, this temporary morgue and knew something terrible was coming in November 2019 yeah, yeah, that, I saw it firsthand and was told that um, based on the story that I've just told you kind of thing. Mm, okay. 
So um, the news broke um, just after Christmas, and we were all told about um, a Chinese lab and uh, and the Wuhan wet market that had been there for hundreds of years without an issue that suddenly was an issue. Um, uh, the hysteria was mounting, and it wasn't long into 2020 before I was contacted by the local BBC. <clears throat> and they asked, um, they knew that I was a funeral director, and they asked to come out and do um, a report um, around COVID. And I'd hasten to add, at this time early on in the process, I believed COVID exactly the same as everyone else, you know. I was um, convinced it was real. We were being told it was real. And you have to remember that if I go to a hospital and, for example, they tell me a, a, a deceased is HIV or, or, for example, is tuberculosis, um, then obviously that's something I would take very serious. Uh, and um, COVID was no exception. So I was kind of trying to be as careful as I possibly could. Um, the BBC came. They brought a cameraman and a lady that spoke to me. They briefed me very intently on what they were going to ask me uh, and told me the answers they wanted. And they asked me to dress up in full PPE. And I was a bit reluctant at the time because, you know, I, um, I mean, all, all funeral directors will use um, aprons and obviously gloves, but masks and stuff like that is not something we would usually use. Um, I worked for the coroner for seven years, and the only time I would ever use a mask there is if I was attending the scene of a death where that deceased had perhaps been there for a while, you know, an undiscovered death, and then you put Vicks on the mask, and the idea is just to keep the smell away. Not, It's not going to protect you against anything, at least of all a virus. Um, so, so they got the interview they wanted, you know, and promoted the hysteria. Um, and I kind of kick myself now because um, it's simply not true. Any of it is not true. So, so um, very soon uh, into 2020, um, funeral directors began panicking. You know, the death rate wasn't there, though. There was no increased death rate that we were seeing deceased that were deliberately labelled with COVID. But there wasn't any increase in numbers at all. And that was across the board. Um, as far as I was aware, certainly every funeral director I spoke to and every mortuary I went into weren't seeing pandemic numbers. We were seeing people that were labelled with COVID. But, um, you know, how deadly was that? I really can't tell you. So um, I had a family come and see me who'd lost a young child um, and the child was six uh, and a cancer sufferer. So, so totally not related. Um, basically, they wanted to see their little girl. And this was at a time when other funeral directors were taking... Um, body bags and coffins to the hospital and sealing people straight in those body bags and coffins there and then. There was no dressing, no no viewings, nothing like that because they could do it because of COVID, you know. Um, I felt that that wasn't fair to those people that had lost someone via a Zoom call or standing there in a hazmat suit, you know, that, that just isn't fair, isn't fair. So I watched and dressed this little girl and, and gave the family time to see their their, their child um, as any decent human would uh, and I kind of came to the conclusion then you know my job is to look after people and if that means that I, I fall over in the process of doing that so be it and I've washed and dressed everyone the whole way through COVID. In uh, March and April we, we saw a brief spike for about two weeks two and a half weeks maybe three weeks where unusually the phone started ringing. Um, and as a society, we're very good at getting people to pass away in hospital. Um, uh, and I would say if I have 10 collections uh, of deceased, eight of them would be hospital removals. One of them would be from a care home. 
and one of them would be either a residential address where someone's gone home to die or a hospice where people go to die for palliative care. And we suddenly had an announcement on the TV from government that um, they were going to try and protect the most vulnerable in, in care homes and that these care homes um, w would be um, the places that were hit the hardest, which I kind of at the time thought was really strange because I don't understand how a virus can attack, attack a specific building. You know, it either is in community or it isn't in the community. And I kind of, you know, it was thing after thing that I just wasn't, they were saying that wasn't making sense on the coalface as, as an undertaker. So um, I got called every night for three weeks to care homes. And this was at a time when Matt Hancock, um, who's since been dismissed from government, um, uh, uh, kind of uh, uh, um, had transferred all of the elderly in hospitals into care homes. He'd been very careful to label them all as COVID uh, and he put them into care homes. And I've since found out that at the exact same time, there was a, a thousand percent increase in the amount of midazolam sedative purchased at that time. And there's a, a, an extensive paper trail that documents that very clearly. Now, I worked for the big funeral provider for 10 years who have a uh, 60% market share. And in that time, I was never, ever, ever, ever called to a care home three consecutive nights you know so for um for me being a small family undertaker to suddenly be called every night for nearly three weeks exclusively to care homes and nowhere else um is uh, remarkably um it's probably about as, as likely as me winning the lottery several times in three weeks it just doesn't happen it's impossible um i would hasten to add that all of those people were labeled with covid um, i never saw a doctor in attendance once no doctor ever attended to my knowledge um, I never saw a COVID test once. I never saw um, a, a, an incubator or, uh, uh, sorry, a, a ventilator. So there was no need for those patients to be um, uh, overdosed, shall we say, or, or heavily sedated to be intubated because there were no ventilators. So um, I suspect that thousands of people were killed, uh, euthanized in, in these care homes using midazolam. And on the odd occasion, I did in fact see small files uh, perhaps on the bedside cabinet or in a bin because I was actually looking for them at that point, you know, where they hadn't perhaps been as careful as they ought to have been. As abruptly as that started, it, it finished. Um, and then I had a pandemic guy ring me and he introduced himself as a, a government-sponsored pandemic guy. And he told me that um, as a funeral director, his job was to call all of the funeral directors in the area and he was to collate the numbers uh, of deceased. So, first of all, he would ask me, uh, for example, what my capacity was at the funeral home. So, how many I could hold here at the funeral home, um, how many I'd picked up that week, how many were COVID, um, and how many, you know, where they'd come from kind of thing. So, it wasn't really very long. He used to call every Monday. He almost immediately started steering me, and by that, the conversation would go much like um, I picked a guy up from a care home that was in his 90s. He'd had a full life no doctor in attendance, no um, COVID test. Um, he wasn't a COVID death. It was a natural death of a guy of 95. Um, and I picked up someone from uh, the local hospice who'd succumbed to cancer. It was a terminal cancer patient. Both of them were instantly labelled as COVID um, because the guy said, we, we were told they were COVID. There must have been COVID in there. We've got to put them down as COVID. Everyone, even one guy that was run over, every death, possible was listed as a COVID death when they just weren't COVID deaths. And I had people coming in um, really, really upset 
families because they knew their loved ones had had terminal cancer um, and they were terrified that I wouldn't wash and dress them because they'd been labelled with COVID and I kind of had to assure them, you know, um, please don't worry, I, I will. And I did. I looked after every one of them um, and washed and dressed them all because that's what they deserved. And I was doing this kind of waiting to see if I'd fall over, you know. And I couldn't believe it really because this pandemic guy, after a number of months, he actually, it's amazing how quickly you get to know someone, even with a 30-second chat once a week. And it would be, hi, John, how are you doing? Everything good? Yeah, it's still really quiet. And he actually admitted to me, he said, I don't honestly know why I'm doing this job. He said, because there are no COVID deaths and everyone's saying the same thing. That's from the guy that was speaking to all of the funeral directors locally. You know, you you tell me that guy said that to me personally. So so, and um, he was being sincere. And and shortly after they began vaccinating, I was notified he'd no longer be calling. So clearly, there's no need for the pandemic guy to record COVID deaths now, because they've stopped him from doing so. Do you know? So, so um, November December came and went. Um, we had we were doing funerals. It wasn't busy. In fact, even despite the great effort they made in care homes to bump the numbers up. Overall, 2020 was quieter than 2019 for death rate. And the vast majority of funerals we do in the UK are cremation funerals. I would estimate around 95% of them are cremations and the, the odd 5% would be burials. Um, we weren't up on numbers it, and it was the same everywhere. The, the statistics um, don't lie. They're their government statistics that show there was no real increase. And, uh, and it kind of got to the point where I said to a few people, I began to smell a rat. We weren't being told the truth. And I said to people, I bet the death rate soars in January when they begin vaccinating. And everybody laughed at me. They said, no, don't be so stupid. You're mad. And it, um, they, we came back to work on the 2nd. And on the 6th, they began vaccinating. And the death rate was extraordinary. I've never seen anything like it as a funeral director in 15 years. Um, and neither has anyone else that I've spoken to. And it began exactly when they began putting needles in arms. Um, that was the, the recognised second wave. And that went on for about 12 weeks and finished abruptly the second week of, of April. And, and to be honest with you, I never want to see a death rate like it again. We just heard a clip from Dr. Hinshaw. I don't know if she's a real doctor, <laughs> but that's her title. That she's gonna She's talking about how they're inflating numbers. So if you're at home and you're not feeling well and you don't get tested, they're going to count you as a new COVID case. Can you believe that? It's absolutely bizarre how they, and here's, here's my opinion. Here's my point of view is that if they keep our numbers high, then we continue to be in a state of emergency. And I wasn't even planning on going in this direction with this show, but we're going to keep it rocking. As long as we're in a state of emergency, they can continue to break the charter of rates or the U.S. Constitution. So they keep it, they're keeping us in a state of emergency. The only reason, the only way they're doing that or the only way they can do that is to keep numbers high. Now, you can, we can talk to nurses, like we can interview nurses, we can pull on news clips of nurses that will tell you that the hospitals have always been running at high. Like, like they've always been having a lack of staff or lack of resources but now with all these people rushing to the hospital because the news tells you if you have a sniffling nose that you should get tested that the emergency rooms are being filled up that the long care units of people without covid they're taking up they're taking up these 
hospitals, long care waiting to, these people are waiting to get into facilities that are long care. So they're taking up hospital beds and they're, and all the news is saying is that we don't have enough room. And these are from the unvaccinated people. Now they're doing that. They're, they're doing their segregation thing, just like they're doing with the vaccine passports. They're trying to get us fighting against each other. They don't want, want us to get along. They're trying to turn the people on one another. So you have clear separation. And the whole basis of it is the question as I'm asking today, is is depopulation really a thing? Are they really trying to have less people in the world? Like, I can't even say that out loud. So let, let me play this Hinshaw. Let me say, this is Dr. Hinshaw. She works for the AHS. Uh, she's, I don't know what the hell she does. She does something for Alberta, and she's the one that makes these announcements. I really believe that she's just a puppet in this whole game, and she's just doing what she's told oh my gosh i had no idea i was going to be this transparent on this show <laughs> i feel like i've been waiting to sit down and chop it up with you and share my share my opinion with you but all right just give me a second let me play this clip for you and you can hear it for yourself if individuals choose to not get tested for covid but are home with an illness um they're now counted in the list as uh, being part of that outbreak. And so it's less dependent on needing a test to be a part of identifying where there is an issue. All right, so, so that was the clip. And I mean, I've got to say, who in their right mind, after listening to that clip, could believe what they're saying about numbers? So they're saying that the numbers are too high and, and that the vaccine and the people that are unvaxxed are filling up the hospital beds. But <laughs> what? But if you're at home and you haven't tested positive, they're still going to track you as a COVID positive. How does that make any sense at all if they're not trying to keep the numbers high? It doesn't make sense at all. But the thing here is that if we can go back to, if we can go back to our conversation about depopulation and vaccines like we know like VAERS has reported over 700,000 injuries and I just interviewed someone today who her husband does chiropractic care and he specifically works on those that have injuries from vaccines and, and it, this wasn't COVID specific but she did tell me that they're having more and more cases and we're going to release some of those clips here in the future in the near future but what I'm saying here is that we know that there's injuries from these vaccines. So now they're beginning to push these vaccines on everyone. At first, it was government workers. Then it was any company that had 100, 100 or more employees. Every single employee had to be vaccinated. So what are they doing? Like, And, and then, of course, you have those people that are going to go ahead and say, well, they're trying to protect our population. But how, why has this never in our world's history ever been an issue like why are these why are they mandating them why did it take this long this is year 2021 <laughs> 2000 over 2000 years <laughs> oh my gosh and now we're bringing this thing now we're making things mandate like we're mandating these this crazy like we're they're forcing segregation on the people i walked by a restaurant and the restaurant said you can sit outside if you're unvaccinated but if you're vaccinated you can sit inside could you imagine like how would you feel like you don't feel welcome inside a restaurant so you're gonna go sit outside come on 
that's craziness. And now all these people that choose, you have, like we said, we don't really have much of a choice, but I, I, but I do say you always have a choice. They're choosing not to be vaccinated. So they're losing their jobs. And, and what's going to happen to our medical system? We have hundreds of nursing nurses that are quitting or being fired. We have police officers. We have military that are quitting. What's happening to our world? Like our feel like our world is falling apart. And then we go, we go back to our question of if we're forcing these mandates, I don't know if there's been, I don't, maybe I should have pulled that up before, but I don't know if there's been any deaths for children. If there has, there's been very few COVID deaths for, for children. So why are we now mandating children? Like soon, if it's not here already, they're going to mandate teach. I think teachers in the U S are mandated to have vaccines in Canada. It's not, but they're going to. I'm, I'm quite certain they're going to mandate kids to get vaccinations just to go to school. And they have in universities and colleges. It's absolute bonker. So if you know that these could cause harm, if we know that the numbers are up there, and especially like if you look at kids, like we can play another clip. Let me play another clip over for you real quick. This is going to be a short one. This individual here, he actually works for Pfizer. He works for Pfizer. And he says, and he'll tell you that he can't really believe that he doesn't really agree with mandates for children because of the clinical studies. He studies data for Pfizer, and he says he doesn't agree with this. Let's play it. You know, schools have a legal risk. What do they do? Do they mandate vaccination before kids can go back to public school? You know, that's where the conversation is really, really hard. You know, how do you mandate an experimental vaccine? Well, I believe in California, some of the universities are mandating vaccines to go back. Is that correct? Um, there are places, man, that it's hard. It's hard. It's, it's a struggle. Like, how do you mandate a vaccine that the trial is not actually finished yet? Right. Right. I mean, I'm a clinical researcher. I'm doing the research right now. I think the vaccine has its use. It appears to be safe. But how do you mandate something that's only approved by the FDA um, for emergency use only? Right. right? That's where... I have, a, I have a little bit of a struggle with that, to be honest with you. You know, if it's if it's if it's a private airline, if it's a private industry, you know, if it's a private business says, "Hey, this is my private business, and I'm saying you can't come in here unless you wear a mask or get you know whatever." I'm like, I think it's different than mandating publicly something that's still um, under study. You know. So for me, it comes back to like what's really going on here. What's the hidden agenda? Are they actually trying to depopulate us for some reason? People are dying. Like that's these are facts. We listened to our undertaker and he told you very clearly that people have been dying more since getting the vaccine. But they're not going to tell you that on the news. They're not going to tell you that on websites. And it's, it's so crazy to me that people were like, oh, well, let's go look at their website. It's their website. They're going to tell you what they want you to know. We know, well, maybe we, don't, maybe we don't all know, but pharmaceutical companies are on, there's at least one, on all the major news outlets, there's at least one board member that works for a pharmaceutical company on major news stations. That's it. And with the billions of dollars they make, you think they're not paying them news stations? Of course, that's exactly where they're getting their money from. So they're going to tell you what they want you to know. And that's what I have for you today. I know it's a difficult subject. I know this is going to turn a lot of people off. I know people are going to be upset when they listen to it. But it's my truth. And it's my word. I got to speak it. And I got to share it. That's what I've been here to do. 
is to help people in different ways. I am no different than I've been here than the, since the last 10 years that I've been helping people, countless people. Full, this is a full-time job. I don't do it part-time. But now, since I have a different opinion, people aren't going to like what I have to hear. But you want it, But it's okay to hear the news. So I'm okay with those people that don't, don't want to listen. They don't want to hear my point of view. They want to pretend nothing shady is happening. It's all legit. It's all good. But I'm telling you, it's not. There's something seriously wrong going on here. We need to open our eyes. We need to wake up. We need to take a stance. And that's it. We need lions in this world. We need to stick together. We need to make a difference. And the only way it's going to start by raising awareness that something's wrong and that we can do something about it. And it starts with conversations. It starts with not shying away from asking difficult questions. Thank you so much for being here with me. That's it. That's all I got. I'm out of here. As always, I'm your host, Drew Taddea. In health and fitness for a better world. Thanks for listening. You've been listening to Exploring Mind and Body with True Form Life's Drew Tadia, fitness expert. To find out more about the show, Drew Tadia, or to listen to past shows, visit exploringmindandbody.com.